This podcast from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. Faith Bible Church is a Christ-centered Bible teaching ministry dedicated to bringing the good news of the gospel to the whole world. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now for this week's message from Pastor Alan Battle. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you're all well and hope to see you soon. Let's pray before we begin today's sermon. Father, you have called us to be your lights in the darkness. Lord, this current crisis has intensified the darkness and made your light even brighter. We pray, Lord, that you use your church to speak words of healing to our friends and our family. Father, make your church a refuge for those who have been living in fear, you alone are the hope of mankind, and you alone are the healer and the sustainer of life. We commit our time to you today and ask that you teach us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name above all names, Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Well, last week, we began looking at the subject of words in the book of Proverbs, and we saw that words are powerful. God created the heavens and the earth by the power of his word. We saw that mankind wields power through their words as well, for good or for ill. And last week, we focused on the destructive, death-bringing power of words delivered by foolish, perverse, and bent tongues. We saw that words came out of the heart. And the only way we can truly speak good words is through an inner transformation of our hearts, a work of grace within us. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Proverbs is constantly contrasting good and evil by showing us the difference between foolishness and wisdom. This week, we continue with the topic of words in the book of Proverbs, but now we'll be looking at the life-giving power of wise words. These are words that are highly valuable, more to be valued than physical gold. They are golden words. We'll begin by reading a few selected verses from Proverbs. From the Word of God, Proverbs 25:11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Proverbs 18:20 and 21. From the fruit of a man's mouth his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Proverbs 15, verse 4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 18, 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. This is the inspired, perfect, and holy word of God. So rightly spoken words are like apples of gold in silver settings. They're beautiful, golden words, which are placed carefully into the proper settings of our lives. We're going to look at four characteristics of these golden words today. They are words that are satisfying and true and gentle and persuasive. Satisfying, true, gentle, and persuasive. So first, they're satisfying. What do I mean by that? I mean that they meet our most basic needs. We are all hungry for words. We need them like we need air and food and water. I've heard of lonely people calling time just to hear a pleasant voice. You remember calling time? At the tone, the time will be 12 p.m. and 20 seconds. Beep. At the tone, the time will be 12 p.m. and 40 seconds. Beep. I don't think that service is available anymore. Let's look at Proverbs 18, 20 and 21 again. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This has nothing to do with actual food. It is metaphorical language describing our deep need to be filled with words. Words feed our souls. We were created in God's image as relational beings. We want to know and be known. Not in the narcissistic sense. Narcissism is a corruption of this basic need. And how can we be known without words? We express who we are with words. And we need to be acknowledged by words. One of the worst feelings in life is to be ignored. We crave recognition. Have you ever been given the silent treatment in a close relationship? How did that feel? We all need to be acknowledged from the moment we're born. Some say the process actually starts in the womb where the child begins to recognize the mother's voice. And babies who are not spoken to are severely impaired for life. One of the places where this was dramatically and tragically proven was in Romania. In 1989, Romanian dictator Nicolae Ceausescu was overthrown and the world discovered 170,000 children were being raised in Romania's impoverished institutions. The communist government had encouraged high childbirth rates among the population in order to strengthen the nation. However, the people were so poor, they were too poor to take care of all these children being born and began leaving many of them in government-run orphanages where they received little or no personal attention. Researchers studying these children found that it actually changes the way the brain works. They had delays in cognitive function, motor development, and language. 
they were dysfunctional in social interaction and experienced significantly higher rates of psychiatric disorders. The American Psychological Association lists some of the effects of this kind of neglect as poor impulse control, social withdrawal, problems coping and regulating emotions, <clears throat> low self-esteem, pathological behaviors such as tics and tantrums and stealing, self-punishment, and poor intellectual function, functioning and low academic achievement. Human beings are designed for relationship. We cannot be satisfied without social interaction. Our souls starve without it. We need the company of others, not just their presence, but their words. And it is not just in early life that we need others. Adults grow and thrive as a result of social interaction. Look at Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Now, why is that? It's because none of us have all the answers. We need other people to constantly orient us concerning our place in the world. You may say that you don't care what others think of you, but you're kidding yourself. When iron sharpens iron, it scrapes off the rough edges, and we all have rough edges. Any relationship that is worthwhile must allow for disagreement and correction. And marriage is the most intense form of this sharpening process. In marriage, two people who trust each other and are absolutely committed to each other can have profound effects on one another. The person who knows us better than anyone else is able to help us see our true self and the ways that we can become better. It is through our relationships that we grow. The fewer and the poorer relationships that we have, the less healthy are our souls. And the less we communicate with people, the farther our minds are from reality. Look at Proverbs 18, 1 and 2. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. This is a picture of a selfish person. He's focused solely on his desires at the exclusion of others. He does not want to hear others' perspectives. This gives him a distorted view of the world. When people are isolated and have no input, it does funny things to their minds. Do you remember Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway? Hanks plays an obsessively punctual FedEx ex executive whose plane crashes into the Pacific Ocean where he washes up on the shore of a deserted island. And he has to learn how to survive on the island alone. Well, some of the FedEx boxes also washed up. And one contained a volleyball that he painted a face on and began talking to. He named it Wilson. At times, Hank seems near to falling over the edge of sanity. He loses it when Wilson floats away from him on the ocean, screaming and crying, Wilson, I'm sorry. The bad effects of isolation are never so well illustrated than by prisoners who are put into solitary confinement. Recent studies have identified something psychologists call confinement psychosis. It's typified by psychotic reaction characterized frequently by hallucinations and delusions. Being isolated can produce emotional damage. 
decline in mental functioning, and even the most extreme forms of mental illness. It is one of the most painful experiences that a human being can have as well. One South American man who was imprisoned in strict solitary confinement for several years was not allowed to communicate with anyone. Meals were delivered to him through a hatch in the cell door by guards who were instructed not to say a word. And he said that solitary confinement is the worst form of torture, that electricity torture is mere child's play in comparison to prolonged solitude. So we need words, but not just any words. When people are dying of hunger and thirst, they will consume anything. That is when the devil comes in with his words. And like people lost at sea who drink ocean water, tainted words will eventually kill them. So we really need good words. Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Good words are wise words. Good words are true words. They are words that conform to reality. And there's only one source of truth, one source of reality. It derives from the giver of all good things, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. One day, when Jesus had been in solitary confinement for 40 days in the wilderness, the devil came to him with an, off, with an offer. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus had the power in his words to command the stones to become bread. But that would not have been done in the proper setting. And Jesus is the only man who never spoke an inapt or improper word. So he responded with a quote from the Old Testament that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And this quote is in Deuteronomy, where Moses is reminding the Israelites of the manna that God fed them in the wilderness. And the lesson there in Deuteronomy and here in Matthew is that God is the giver and sustainer of life. Only his words can guide our way. Only his words are true. Only his words give life. Let's look at a few more Proverbs here. Proverbs 4.4. 4. Let your heart lay hold of my words. Keep my commands so that you will live. And 1620, whoever gives thought to the word will discover good. And blessed is he who trusts the Lord. And Proverbs 13, 13, whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself. But he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. Feeding on God's words not only saves us from death, but gives us abundant life. We gain the blessings of peace and hope and love in this life. And we look forward to the reward of an eternal existence with Jesus in perfect resurrected bodies. So far, we've been focusing on words that we receive, 
But now I want to switch to words that we speak. When we feed on God's word, it enables us to speak the truth as well. So in Ephesians, Paul tells tells us that God has given the church five kinds of ministers of the word. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. In other words, a pack of lies. But rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. We're to speak the truth in love. And each of those five gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, are designed to instill the word of God into his people so that they might speak the truth. We have the teaching of the apostles preserved for us in the New Testament. And the prophets of today are those who preach the word. To prophesize means to speak forth the word, not necessarily to tell the future or to give new revelation. And until an evangelist brings the word of the gospel, we cannot even begin to understand God's word. And pastors use the word to guide the people of God, and teachers clearly explain it. So these ministers are for the equipping of every Christian so that they might speak the truth. But the truth must be spoken only in a certain way. That means we do not speak the word harshly, but in a gentle way. Just as God is patient with us, we must be patient with others. In 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, it says that love is patient and kind, doesn't envy or boast, isn't arrogant or rude, doesn't insist on its own way, and is not irritable or resentful. Every one of those characteristics are revealed by the words that we speak. Now, it's possible to speak the truth, but without love. Look at Proverbs 12, 16, 17, and 18. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15.1 A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And 15.4 A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Are you ever vexed with people that say hurtful things to you? Modern translation, do you get ticked off at them? It's not wrong to feel that way. People can say some pretty hurtful things and and frustrate us greatly. But it's not fitting to vent that frustration. Fools make their frustration known. The wise hold their tongues. Instead of escalating the hostility, the wise man or woman is called to diffuse it. Instead of damaging relationships, we're called to build them, even with our enemies. And when you and I speak God's words in God's ways, we are breathing life into ourselves as well as into others. We build up one another in love with the words that we say 
and our brokenness, we point one another towards the throne of grace where we can find help and acceptance instead of rejection and condemnation. We are all broken, believers and unbelievers alike. And the best thing we can do for broken people is to persuade them to live by every golden word of God. And golden words are persuasive words. When we speak God's words in God's way, we can dispel the deepest darkness of delusion. We can break through the strongest opposition and we can turn the fiercest enemy into a friend. Proverbs 18.4 The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. I love this. Godly wisdom is irresistible to thirsty souls. When you and I speak the right words at the right time, we will see the water of the word do its wonderful washing. It can even change the hearts of the powerful. Proverbs 25, 15. With patience, a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue will break a bone. There's a lot of talk today about speaking the truth to power, but they do it with sharp and hateful words. Here we see that they must be respectful and loving and patient words. And verse 16, chapter 16, verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. One thing to keep in mind when we're reading Proverbs is that they are principles, not promises. They reflect general truths, but do not hold in every situation. And this one's a good example. Many enemies have been won over to the Lord through faithful witnesses, and that's our goal here. But sometimes those witnesses suffer persecution and even death. This is not a guarantee of success. God says in Isaiah that his word will not return void. That means it will accomplish what it is sent to do. It may heal hearts or it may harden hearts like Pharaoh in the Exodus. This is good news for you and me. If we are speaking the right words at the right time, golden apples and settings of silver, we do not have to take on the responsibility for the results. God does that. We do not have to be clever talkers. We don't have to be polished debaters. We simply have to be steeped in God's word and obedient to speak it at the proper time. Look at 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. How do we honor the Lord as holy? By dedicating our whole life to him, by loving him with all of our heart, soul, and mind, by being obedient to his command to know and obey his word, and finally, by speaking to those whom God brings into our lives who need to hear his golden words. This doesn't mean that we go around spouting scripture all the time. It means that we are so immersed in a biblical worldview that our words reflect the reality of God's creation. God spoke the world into existence through his word. He communed with the first couple in the garden, walking with them and speaking with them. And when they chose to disobey his words and believe the words of the serpent instead, he did not give them the silent treatment. He graciously continued to speak to them 
promising a day when the seed of the woman would come and crush the serpent's head, rendering him eternally silent. And God kept speaking to their offspring through dreams and visions and prophets. He called his chosen people, Israel, to take his word to the whole world. And finally, he spoke the ultimate word. Look at Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is God's final word to mankind. He is still speaking to a rebellious world with his offer of salvation. But one day his words to them will stop. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9, it says that the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. If a man must live by every word from the mouth of God and those who die without Christ are removed from his presence, then that will be the ultimate silent treatment, the final solitary confinement. But none of us need experience that. Jesus was thrust away from the presence of God when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He suffered the silent treatment for us. He absorbed the horrors of solitary confinement on that cross. And in order to apply that substitution to our lives, we must admit, like the thief hanging next to him, that we deserve the punishment. His suffering was for the purification of our sins. And then also, like that thief, we must ask him to remember us when he comes into his kingdom. Then we are received into his presence, now and forever, and we will eternally feast on his golden words. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you so much. Lord, we praise you so much for your truth, for your words. Lord, we ask that you would fill us with them, that you would give us the wisdom that we need to speak them in the proper settings, the proper time. Lord, we thank you for the power of your spirit that we can rely on in order to speak your words in love. So we give you praise and honor and glory and ask that you would continue to work through us here at Faith Bible Church and and through your bodies around the world. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. So the benediction today is from Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father 
through him. Go in peace and serve your King. Thank you for listening to the preaching of God's Word from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you and that the Word of God will fill your hearts and minds as you walk through this world. If you have been blessed by this ministry and would like to make a small donation to help defray the cost of this podcast, just click on the green Support Us button at the top of the webpage. Thank you.